Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and we are joined once again by Don Pizzette here in the flesh. Don, how you doing? I am doing swell. Excited to be here. Uh, crazy week. Lots of weird stuff going on this week, so it'll be a fun one. Yeah, we are all over the board. New hardware announcements, um, some some people getting pwned, um, some people doing dumb stuff, uh, which is great for the show. Yeah. <laughs> I always appreciate that. Uh, and speaking of dumb stuff, Daniel, how you doing? I just want to give a shout out to all the people out there doing some dumb stuff mm-hmm. so that we have stuff to talk about on our dumb stuff show yeah without you yeah where are we uh, right we talk about legitimately important things yeah <laughs> that's, that's no sounds, one wants to hear that well that sounds dumb <laughs> all right well uh let's go ahead and jump right in then uh shall we with our first article which comes to us from zulip the the zulip blog uh why slack's free plan change is causing an exodus so it sounds like the the big change they're doing for the for the freeloaders out there is moving from where you have uh, a certain amount of of storage space, five gigs, to having a ninety day limit, which sounds like well, I, so it, it depends not, on how how much stuff you got. Yeah, the, the gigs aren't. This is going to sound dumb. The gigs aren't <laughs> important. Right, so it, the amount of storage isn't what's truly important to people. It's the number of messages, right? So okay. if you sign up for a free Slack account uh, or let me switch to past tense. So if in the past you had signed <laughs> up for a free Slack account, uh, what they did is they would basically hold your account to 10,000 messages. The moment you sent the 10,000 and first message, then the very first message would get deleted to make room, right? right? So it would basically maintain your chat history for 10,000 messages and not, not just your chat history, but your entire organization. So okay. if you stood up a free uh, you know, server account for mm-hmm. your company. A lot of small businesses, medium-sized businesses would do this. Uh, families, you know, just anybody who you know didn't want to go for like a full paid account. Slack's payment model is a little wacky because you have to pay for each individual user, which gets really expensive when you compare to something like Discord that's free yeah. for hundreds of thousands of users. But with uh, with Slack, they would hold ten thousand messages. So if you started searching your history. That's a lot of messages. You can search back years for most people. You know, people just don't do that many chat messages. Well, unless you're a teenager, I guess. Sure. <laughs> well, so their big change, though, is that now they're saying it's not going to be 10,000 messages. It's only going to be three months worth of messages, 90 days. And so now, regardless of whether you're chatting or not, on the 91st day, the very first day of messages goes away. And so if you search your chat history, you will not be able to search back more than three months. Now, for some people, that's a game changer. That's a that's a deal breaker. That says, hey, if I can't trust my data to be there in Slack, then then I'm not going to use it. Now, the reality is these are free users, yeah. right? You, you could pay. Yeah, I'm not paying anymore then. <laughs> I, there you go. Uh, now, I, I kind of wonder, I meant to look up and see what Discord's retention is because Discord seems to store quite a bit uh, and is free. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Like if you're a family or a small business, well, why not just use Discord? But um, but if you're a, a medium-sized business or an enterprise and you're using Slack, the free stuff really wasn't suitable anyway. Like, you know, there was end-to-end encryption where you weren't able to do e-discovery, which caused problems with uh, legal and, and other areas that caused issues there. So Slack, to me, I mean, well, you're the big fan of Slack, Peter. Like, I'm not a fan of Slack. I, I enjoyed it, yeah. I, uh, You know, we, we had it and, and then switched to Teams when, you know, because th- that was involved in our, our licensing. So we had that mm-hmm. free, why not switch, makes total sense. Um, 
I mean, we we joked around here. I mean, it was the gifts uh, that was was fun, but <laughs> the custom you know, emojis. That, yeah, and and <laughs> and some of the integrations. I know that that Slack could do those were kind of the cool things um, that you know made it flashy to people. But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, you're, you're chatting's chatting. So I, I find that I never recommend Slack to anybody. Mm-hmm. That if it's a business, I usually recommend Teams. If it's a family, I usually recommend Discord. So I just feel like there's other solutions, and Slack doesn't really fit a need. Um, I, sometimes I'll run into a community, like in the Apple admin community, where they're they're all in Slack for whatever reason. Yeah. I think it's one of the only Slack channels I'm still part of. <laughs> uh, Daniel, any of your stuff going Slack? Nope, no Slack for me. I am thinking over here, like, uh, what's the character limit on a Slack message? Don't know. Yeah, I go back and grab all the messages and resend them as one big message. <laughs> That's a good oh yeah, one. three months sounds great, guys. Well, go for it. Unless they're crappy search, like you search it just yeah. returns that one message. Yeah. And I still have yeah. that to sift I mean, through. could you run some kind of thing to to archive your stuff? Say, hey, when something hits sixty days, yeah, go save this in a. You know, you, you probably have Slack to be a pay account for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. but I wonder if you could like build your own with like an API. Or something well, that, like and that's that. what yeah. what it's saying. A lot of people are suggesting, and so this is on the Zulip blog. Um, people are uh, running Zulip, which is an open sourced alternative to Slack. So there are options yeah. uh, out yeah, there, obviously, there where you could do that kind of thing. But I mean, I, I just love watching specifically businesses complain about. Free services yeah. that don't do things that they want. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's and, an option. And that is important to point out is that if you are a paid user, this doesn't apply to you. Yeah. So this is just the free accounts. And, and I, people get spoiled. I, I think I, I blame Gmail. Right. Yeah. Where people have had Gmail accounts for 20 years. But boy, oh boy, and... are you paying for that? You just don't know it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing with something like this. You know, th- this is a, a thing they put out there so you can try it and see, okay, this works for us. Let's let's uh, institute it in our company and, and roll it out. I mean, it's never designed to be just this is a free thing that, that everyone can use. And yep. uh, yeah, and people get mad about not being able to use it like they want us. All right. So the, the message for our listeners. If you are actively using Slack for a small business or an environment where you expect to retain information for more than 90 days, you need to double check. <laughs> so you might be losing data already. Uh, as far as I understand, this change has already taken effect. So um, uh, I know it had originally been slated. Uh, they should have notified everybody at this point. So, um, do, do you have any of those friends who are the terrible texters that rather than send one message, send like six messages? Uh, you know, like six different sentences, and they hit enter, and it's like ding, 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 ding. Uh, I do that sometimes. Yeah. Well, is so that... this is great for you <laughs> because no, you know, before you had to try to condense those all into one message to so you could have it saved longer. Now, like yeah. you said, Daniel, you've got you know sixty days or ninety days. So yeah, it don't matter. Go ahead and hit enter as many yeah. times as you want, and I, send off as many each dings. letter. It's... Yeah. <laughs> So maybe this is unfounded, but I feel like when I send a text message, and I'm not the most prolific of texters, but mm-hmm. if it's a really big message, I kind of feel like it's turned into an email. Mm. And so I break it up, and <laughs> then I feel better about it. Instead of sending an email. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Don. I get emailed on my phone. Well, amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you just don't. just send me an email. Yes, oh, you don't I get do. work? I don't get <laughs> work email to my yeah. phone. Which is fun when you're on a business trip trying it to send fun. people flight info. and He's like... Taking screenshots and texting them to me. Well, because we're at, we're at Black Hat, and yeah. we're like, yeah, just show them your QR code to, to get your badge. Oh I don't God, know about here. <laughs> well, what do you want me to do about that? I can't help you. Fix it. <laughs> yeah. Then I hit him. I mean, because uh... <laughs> what did you say? If if you put your email on your phone, Don can delete your phone from yes, anywhere in I the can country? Yes, I delete your phone. Yes. 
I can delete your Microsoft that. apps. I can't delete your phone. And your phone. <laughs> you can delete your existence. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just me. It's the Daniel whole technology Hill. team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nate could do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jason, whoever. Much more chance yeah. of Nate doing it. Than, yeah. <laughs> he's just getting vindictive. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday night, like, that yeah. son of a bitch. And here's a big it. F you to PBR. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh. Oh yeah! Oh no! There's no more work stuff on my phone. <laughs> yeah. You, you see me. how good it is? No, you're right. See, you're right. It's, I'm a leader here, man. Yeah. I'm a thought leader. Uh, that's that's actually a big issue that's coming up because, like in France, uh, con- uh, companies can be penalized for emailing their employees after hours. Really? Oh, wow. So, like, if you run a business in France, you've got to configure your mail servers to not deliver email after 5 p.m. Oh, uh, because otherwise, you know, the, you get hit for like unpaid overtime. Kind uh, of socialist hippie. <laughs> it is. A, it's a socialist thing because they they said that it creates emotional distress. Employees would see these emails come in after hours. And Why feel like do you they think I sent to them? <laughs> I gotta do my. I gotta do my DNA test again. I gotta be French. I gotta be French. <laughs> that sounds like me. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Sorry to our next article from as Don and I were talking about before the show. One of the the sources we check every week uh, for tech news, the <laughs> Chattanoogan.com uh, from the great people of Chattanooga and the Chattanooga Choo Choo uh, up in Tennessee. Uh, this one is EPB launches America's first community wide twenty five gig internet service, and I believe EPB is the the local utility there. It sounds like or the uh, the local ISP um, for that area, but. 25 gigs. I mean, we were talking last week, Don, when you weren't here about uh, how Google Fiber, you know, used to be the the gold standard, and that was gigabit. Now we're talking about 25 times that. Is this uh, first of all, why Chattanooga? I mean, it just kind of seems <laughs> why like, not? Yeah, why why not? But what what are they doing up there? They need all this power. So uh, the EPB is the electric power board. So it is the the primary utility there in Chattanooga. Um, I've been to Chattanooga, but not in a long time. It's not yeah. exactly a destination place. Yeah, I've, uh, I've driven through it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, because it's up in the mountains yeah. as you're like passing through to get to Tennessee yeah. or whatever. Exactly. Uh, but what they're doing here is they are they're heavily investing in their infrastructure. They've been doing this for years. They were one of the okay. first to roll out gigabit, and then 10 gigabit, and now 25 gigabit. So this is not the first time that Chattanooga has been on the radar. Are. Uh, what they're trying to do is they're trying to build up uh, tourism, right? So they, they have a convention center there, like a lot of cities. And if you've been to a convention in the last 10 years, you know that wireless is normally pretty iffy. When when you get there, like, like you guys probably ran into this at RSA. So they've got access points all over the place. They've yeah. got a Wi-Fi network that you're allowed to use. But when you get on it, it's so slow. You, you, know, you couldn't possibly do a FaceTime call or, or any kind of video conference or anything on it because it's just not reliable. There's too many people. You have thousands upon thousands of people there. Well, with 25 gigabit up and down internet, so symmetric. That was the internet. impressive part. Yeah, to yeah. Me, symmetric. By having that run into a business or a convention center like that, you could have thousands of people where each one is getting 40 to 50 megabit, which is more than enough for carrying on a video call, uh, and and having a good experience without oversaturating the line. So really impressive. And, and this really is a function of tourism, business, industry, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like a chamber of commerce type thing. They, they want to bring businesses there. They want you to come to their conference center. Uh, and I, I'm not certain, so I'm going to just make this up, but I'm I'm pretty certain that it's cheaper to have a conference in Chattanooga than it is in San Francisco. I would imagine. <laughs> and that'd be fun, a new, a new place. I mean, it's, it's pretty. 
It's beautiful. It is very nice. Yes. But uh, so this is something that would be available to individuals as well. But Don, as you were telling me, you know, offline beforehand, not really practical because unless yeah. you're running some kind of you know specialized setup, you don't have the equipment that's going to allow this. If you home. go to Best Buy, the the fastest WAN connection you're going to find on a router right now is two and a half gig, uh, and there's very few that do hmm. two and a half gig. She's got to buy a bunch of them. <laughs> by 10 of, by them, 10 of them, push it all together. I guess he could, could possibly yeah. do that. Yeah. But uh, uh, eventually we'll see where consumer-grade electronics will get to that point. Uh, but anywhere where you need high density. And so you're going to see municipal Wi-Fi will eat up a lot of this. That, that's where this will become popular. Very cool. Well, that uh, that is the future. And I did just, just look it up. Uh, the Chattanooga Choo Choo was the first song to receive a gold record. Really? Uh, back in 1941, Glenn Miller. Yeah. That's interesting. Is now, it? does that mean it was just the first gold record they ever issued, or it's the first one that sold enough to hit that It milestone? says it was the first song to receive a gold record presented by RCA Victor in 1942 for 1.2 million copies sold. So maybe they had just said, hey, let's keep track of this. <laughs> okay. Don's and looking it up. Well, I'm just curious because yeah, you know, right. there, there, right. there were famous songs before then. Or maybe there weren't, right? Because maybe had the not that famous. Yeah, you, yeah. Because were there records sold? Yeah. When, right. when yeah. did they start selling uh, commercially? And what, what was before that? A Silver record, or uh, I don't know. Do you get a bronze record? I, I have to wonder. So the, this is why we need Sophie. The, she could be like in the in the corner researching the Depression era. Was it like a tin <laughs> record? <laughs> it was dust. Yeah. Um, Here's a dirt. Record. The problem is, yeah, records were made of corn, yeah. then, so people just yeah. ate them. So I'm really curious. Like, all right, you know, there were record shops, head sure. shops, yeah. and things in the 60s and 70s. You go into, you buy records, eight tracks, and all that. Uh, before records. It was the phonograph, right? Yeah, that was, the, was the, the, the cylinders, right? Like yeah. those wax cylinders. And I, yeah. But I don't think you could like go into a store and they had a bunch of phonographs. No. Like, here's the... Make your own. Yeah. No, I think some of them were... The first silver disc was awarded by Regals and to George Fornby in December 1937 for sales of 100,000. So 100,000 is a silver. Was a silver right? And then a million. Uh, that was for the song of The Window Cleaner. Well, that's it's probably just tune. music of a guy cleaning a window. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's no Chattanooga Choo Choo. I'll no, tell you that. No, it's not. That. But uh, yeah, now you'll be able to stream Chattanooga Choo Choo at uh, at a much uh, higher clip in the Chattanooga area. So. All right, we should do a cover of it. Well, yeah, you'll be able to torrent it twice as fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like stole it just like that. I don't know. Is that out of copyright? When is what is Glenn? Glenn Miller is doesn't it? need the money anymore. Yeah, reached. All right. Public domain. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's take a look at our next article, which is from gizmodo.com. AMD's Zen 4 Ryzen 7000 chips are the world's fastest and coming in September. And so uh, what's interesting to me about this, I want to ask, is it said this could be the fastest gaming chip. So what? why are we saying uh, it could be the fastest gaming chip? Like, is there a different uh, scale we use to judge a gaming chip versus a yeah, chip you'd put in the server or something like that? Well, you know, the, the landscape has kind of changed a lot. And so you have things like Apple with their M1 and M2 processors, which are faster for certain types of activities, maybe not necessarily gaming. You have uh, uh, AI-focused chips now. Mm -hmm. So again, might be faster, but for a specific use case. Okay. The AMD ones, they're still general purpose. Uh, AMD does have a couple of things that are accelerations for games or whatever, but just in general, these are really, really fast. They've been promoting this pretty heavily. The Zen 4 is a big deal. Uh, Intel has had a lot of problems this last year. Uh, they they completely hosed their 5-nanometer process. They, they, they didn't even start their 3-nanometer. So Intel is behind. 
and AMD is is trying to basically surge past the chip shortage and get out something really impressive. And so if AMD is going to solidify themselves as being a market leader, this is the time to do it. Uh, and so they're putting their best foot forward with the new Ryzen 5s. And some of these are, are pretty impressive. The the Ryzen 9, which is the high-end one that's coming out. So they're, they're doing a, a new Ryzen 5, 7, and 9. So just like okay. Intel, you've got the i5, the i7, the i9. Here you've got the Ryzen 5, 7, and 9. Uh, the Ryzen 9 7900 uh, is 4.7 gigahertz base clock, right? Which is pretty darn fast. Uh, can boost up to 5.6 gigahertz, which is really fast. And it has 12 cores. Whoa. Now, the they have the higher end one that has 16 cores. So that's okay. a lot of cores. You can get a lot done with that. No, that, that, that sounds impressive, Don. Tell and, me more of this chip. Is it, <laughs> would it be... It wouldn't be cheap, would it, though? <laughs> you know, oh, sure. Because if you tell me this is an affordable, I'm going to go buy a new laptop. <laughs> well, you know, so it's been a while since you built a computer, right? Oh, a hot minute, yeah. Uh, do you remember, like, what, what processor was in the one you built last? So it wasn't AMD. Dude, it was like 2002. It's a long like time ago. Yeah. We had the correct for inflation. One core. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was one core. That's right. Wow. Uh, um, all right. Uh, so I, <laughs> but it was probably yeah. like uh, like a 1.7 gigahertz or something like that. 1.8. So I bought a uh, I bought an i9 a couple of years ago when I built out my computer at home, and it's the one who's yeah the box yeah you got the box here somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I think I paid 400 or 450 dollars for it. Okay. Uh, for an i9, so it was supposed to be like the best Top core. Yeah. Right. So the best one here, the one with 16 cores that I mentioned, its retail is basically 700. Uh, pretty steep. But if you go down to like the 12 core model, which is closer to like what mine yeah. is, uh, $550. Okay. So not outrageous. Not, not insane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, I mean, you're buying a high end chip. Right. You can expect to pay some money. You know, you throw a mid grade video card in there, you're probably building a computer for about $2,000. Go higher card. Yeah. So I was like, you know, we moved not too long ago, right? About, I don't know, I guess coming up on a year now. But when we were looking at houses, we went in this one house, it was beautiful. And they had TVs on every wall in the house. And I'm like, the the family that lived there was there. And I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I build gaming rigs. Hmm. I'm like, I am in the wrong business. My name is Frank Alienware. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's Frank Alienware. But yeah, he had these high-end PCs everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, this is kind of awesome. He's like, yeah, all we do is game all day long. That's and awesome. then I, I build these for customers. We play them for a long time. And then I ship them. Yeah, you got to test it? Yeah, I got to test it. I'm like... You have cracked the code, sir. <laughs> yeah, you have one life. Yes, you did. Good for you. Now, that guy needs the, the 25 gig internet. Oh, right. Well, that was one of the things that said in that article, too. It'd be cool for they could have eSports. Like, uh, like yeah. a hub and you could, chat, Yeah, you could have yeah. pretty impressive uh, you know, tournaments. That would be things. a good idea. Yeah. Put that together with one of these, uh, these chips. But we're talking, so the headline here, we're talking about the Zen 4 being the world's fastest. But you're saying that... that we're talking about up to Zen 9. So is the 9 better, or is it just different? So so it, it, it's a little confusing. AMD's naming structure or whatever, uh, these are the fourth-gen Zens. And uh, then within that, so like my— So the Ryzen 9 is still a— 
a Zen, Zen 4. four. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like my my i nine that I have at home is a is a twelfth gen <laughs> Intel, but it's an i nine. Okay. So yeah. It, it it makes it hard. It's almost like um. It's like someone left Microsoft from their naming department yeah. and I've came got over an to idea. AMD. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's not as bad as Apple's iPad naming convention, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> or it could be worse, like Intel. Like, oh, is that a is that a Moon Lake or yeah. a Salt Lake processor? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh God, trying to figure out this, uh, like when you're buying a like a used iPad or something, yeah. you're like, I have no idea what generation this is. Yeah. That's that Lake Tahoe, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the Air Four. It's got a home button. Does Red that mean anything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thirty pin. Oh, it's a thirty pin. No, don't throw that away. Yeah. Well, cool. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, when when this thing comes out and see if if people are actually getting these speeds that uh, that we're hearing yeah. about. And I I build a new computer every three years, and so next year I'll be due for a new one, and so I'll build a new one next year. And I, I'm debating whether I want to go and try an AMD. Uh, I'll, I'll wait and see how some of these perform before making a decision on that. Um, I'm currently Intel. My previous one was Intel, and the one before that was AMD. So I kind of bounce back and hmm. forth. We'll see if Intel's able to make a chip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they've got it tough right now. All right. Well, speaking of people that have it tough, uh, let's check out our next segment, which is dough. Do re mi fa so la ti do so dough. So I'm really excited about this. I remembered this today uh, when when we were out at, at Black Hat. I stopped by that sock store. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That was on the, the the walk between the Luxor and I don't know if I can get these in here. <laughs> can you may go to the? Oh, that's shop. right. That's I right. They had the them in Homer there. Homer Simpson doe socks oh. uh, that have him going into the the plant there, just like our intro. So now, are those licensed? These are. They're, well, okay. they're, they're right. stance, which oh. yeah. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not here to advertise socks, but but stance socks are amazing. I just uh, don't want Fox Media coming after us. Yeah. No, no, these are officially. Uh, <laughs> he licensed. was between those and the thigh highs. He was looking at. <laughs> oh no, these go all the way. Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, bought those too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's my commitment to this podcast, and I will be expensing them. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's take a look at this one from Slashdot.org. Hyundai. I was. I never know how to say that because you know it's like it's Hyundai it's not like Honda. Sunday. That's, uh, that's what I was told. Okay. Hyundai, Hyundai. I know. I feel like I'm, I'm like doing a stereotype if I if I say it. Well, I mean, there right. is a there is a way that they pronounce. Yeah. So when I like was not, learning Japanese, it was like this is how you pronounce an A. This is how you pronounce. It's Korean, an a. right? Uh, I don't not know. Not that. Yeah. Yeah. Not they're that, all right. the same to you, Daniel. Jesus. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> According to the internet, it is pronounced Hyundai. 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 Gotcha. Hyundai. All right. Yep. We'll go with that. Hyundai uses example keys for encryption system. So basically, <laughs> uh, they they used a a very general example, and then it. it it shipped with that. Is that yeah. my understanding? So, you know, let's let's make sure we understand the context here, right? So, when you have a startup company that's brand new, that's just learning the ropes, like like, like Hyundai. Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I've mentioned this before to you, Daniel. Is that you know, there's a lot of manufacturers that are out there that are creating low cost IoT devices. Yeah. Or in like this cars. case, <laughs> like cars. Cars are. Basically IoT. I mean, yeah. is that not, yeah. not true? A lot of them yeah. And so, you know, they are, like Hyundai, is trying to keep their cost as low as possible. They are designed to be the cheapest cars. Yeah. You know, if you want to buy a brand new car, Hyundai is designed to be the cheapest. So cut the security team. And so when they go in to develop software, I've often wondered, like, how good are these guys at securing the infrastructure? So, I, you know, I've been fiddling with this for a hot minute now and messing in the... I have found... Uh, certificates and passwords and all sorts of cool stuff 
lurking inside of IoT devices. But there's also like what they will do is is they will include like OpenSSL, right? And then at boot time, it will generate a new set of keys. So whatever you get, you would have to steal those keys, and that would have to be as soon as you rebooted the thing, it would generate a new set of keys and use those for its purposes. So there's weird things that they do to try to help with that uh, and still keep the footprint small on you know, embedded devices and you know, have very limited capabilities as far as like storage and, and processing power. So yeah. there, was a, there was a router a couple of years ago, and I, I don't remember what company it was, if it was TP-Link or somebody like yeah. that, where uh, they basically put a private key on it at yeah. the factory, and so they shipped thousands of this router yeah. all with the same private key. I mm. think it was either TP-Link or Netgear. I think it was one of the two. One of them? Yeah. So, you know, those mistakes, they've happened. They've been in the news. They're public. You'd think people would learn. But in this case, a security researcher was looking at some of the software that was in a, uh, uh, I think it was a infotainment center in, okay. what was it? Something in the Hyundai system. Uh, but basically, he took a part of the, the, the AES-128 key that was in there and just Google searched for it and turned up an example of RSA encryption and decryption example with open SSL in C that was found on uh, heyageek.com. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, <laughs> they just cut and paste the sample key and used it instead of do, generating a new key. Do you think that this was an issue of, hey, this is a placeholder, Look, grab a key and we'll put it in here while we're building this, and then, okay, everything works, let's go in and, and put in well, the real key, and they forgot wrong, that step? It's not that difficult to generate a key. It's not. I, I uh. think this is more likely the case of they just took a people with minimal budget and hmm. said, look, do what you got to do. We need this feature. Right. And it know, almost seems like they got people that had really no idea what they were doing and said, build the thing. And somebody lied. Somebody Googled. Right. And they Googled how to do that. <laughs> how to make it. And they copy pasted pop. Bang. Oh, it works. Great. <laughs> Ship it. So I, I always run into this with SQL queries. Yeah. Uh, or SQL, where you know, if I'm trying to figure out how to get some information out of a database with an SQL query, I might Google it and find five different ways to do it. Yeah. Right? All five work, so I could pick any one of them, right? But each one is different. One might be more efficient right. than another. One might be more secure than another. And so you have to use your knowledge. How, how well do you know the system to understand which of those five is actually the best for your scenario? But in this case, I think these people just didn't know. Right. And so they probably Googled, found the first example, Copy and paste. It worked. Done. Like, and, oh, and, RSA encrypt. Yeah, that's yeah. a good And one. had yeah, no idea that that key was was like, something that like, could be. As soon as it was public, it l ceased to be private. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Almost defeating works. the whole yeah. purpose right. yeah. of the encryption. Well, if you're listening right now uh, from your Hyundai, uh, go ahead and pull over and call an Uber. Um, <laughs> because Daniel is already hacked in. He's, oh, yeah. And he's not just changing the radio. He's a bad dude. I'm unlocking doors. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> disabling brakes. So yeah. Daniel, stupid airbags. <laughs> some of these devices are like intentionally obfuscated, where you you can't see into them, right? Yeah. So how do you know? Like if I go and buy a Blu-ray player from Best Buy, okay, uh, and it connects to my Wi-Fi at home, I, as a as a user. Is there any way we can see it? There's crap like this going on in the background, or are we really beholden, like waiting for some security researcher to, to attack the device? So there, there's a couple of things you can do. Obviously, you would start doing the same things that a security researcher would do, right? Okay, it is talking. How is it talking? Let me monitor that talk and see if I can see what that is. And of course, you're going to go down a bunch of Google rabbit holes and say, oh, that's this, and that's how this works. And you're going to learn about those technologies. Then you can crack the dang thing open. And start to see, okay, what is this chip? 
What is that? Is that, chip? Is that what you were doing today with the yes. knife and Don's Roku? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was like. See you back there. Like, what is, are you what is this? A, did you whittle uh, a Roku? Yeah. No, no. I was yeah. like, yes, and back in my day, these here Rokus didn't come in little sticks like this. That's <laughs> why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel's Daniel got takes a big blade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the Roku? Why is Daniel walking around with a foam trucker hat and a knife out? <laughs> because it's Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. And Thursdays, it's bib overalls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, that, that one's kind of a mess and a, and a black eye. I mean, is this something that they can, like, push out an update? Or is, is this like a, a, a recall well, kind so of thing where they have they to— They would have to change the firmware because that's, that's most likely in the firmware. Which you can or so can't do you can over the update. air. So you can update. Over the air, it depends on how it talks. Depends if it has setup. wireless capabilities to receive files, uh, you can, might be able to do that. A lot of times it does it through a protocol like FTP. This might be next next time you uh, yeah. you're in for your oil change. They're going to be <laughs> dropping yeah. some new hardware. Yeah, that, new that happens sometimes, it especially is. with certificates, sure. yep. where if they're trying to rotate the certificate, they need to communicate to the device. That you might have to take it in. Yep. Now I got to rotate my certificate and my tires. Yeah, yep. and there and there's risk involved if they're doing a remote update and something goes wrong. Like that's their fault. <laughs> like what you're say. Versus if they just don't fix it, that's right. your fault. Oh God, that's the like the, one of my big fears is you know you're about to give a presentation your com- your computer says, oh, yeah. installing updates. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, we're oh, driving over the bridge and installing updates. The, the oh, good God. news is this is probably pretty fairly modular. Yeah. So whatever's running their entertainment system is probably a separate computer than it Siloed. is that yeah. runs the, the actual brain of the car. I you know? so. <laughs> Yeah. But they, they still might communicate, though. So it get yeah. hacking into that entertainment system might then allow you access into the car. Living off the land, if you Correct. Will. It's a term I've, I've heard. Pivoting. Pivoting. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of weird car stuff going on. I didn't grab the article. Did you guys see the thing about the Tesla with the stop signs? No. So. Wait, was it the one where it was driving behind? Uh, I, I saw one where, where there was a video. It was a Tesla driving behind uh, a truck on the interstate that was literally hauling um, stop stoplights. No, it was stoplights. <laughs> and the thing, and it's, they, then they showed the screen, and it's showing, like, red light, red light, red light, red light. <laughs> it's, like, freaking out. And it's just these two, like, lights swinging in front of them as they're driving. I, I feel like if they were going to go with driverless cars, they have to have a driverless car lane. Yeah. Right, like you can't put these cars on the road with <laughs> yeah. people, with right. idiots. It yeah. has to be a very controlled uh, yeah. environment what, for them. What was the stop sign one? So uh, apparently, in this one area, they had stop signs that are larger than normal, hmm. and so you know, stop signs are a fairly standard size, that. but they were larger. And so when the car's camera would see it. Because it was larger, they thought they were closer, oh, yeah. and they would stop early. Uh, and so the, the Teslas were stopping like way And then they get the to stop. the intersection and just roll through. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, mean. I, I had a friend, uh, a little off topic, convince me uh, when I just started driving that the stop signs with, with a white border meant you could yield like you didn't you could roll through them <laughs> and I, I don't know i guess in my hometown there were white ones and there yeah. were you know ones with just red and it was for the longest time where somebody's like that's not a thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you sure because i thought no okay yeah. i've been yeah. lied to all right well let's take a quick break we're going to come back we've got uh we're going to find out who got pwned in our next segment so take a quick break come back right after this on tech night with tom Pizzette. This is Josh. Josh spent $2,500 on a week of classroom training for CompTIA A+, and got certified. Josh got a good job that pays $40,000 per year. This is Jeremy. 
Jeremy only spent $299 on a full year of training from IT Pro TV, including A Plus and 300 other courses. Jeremy also got a great job that pays $40,000 per year. Jeremy used the more than $2,200 he saved on IT training for a fabulous tropical vacation. Now, Jeremy is still using his IT Pro TV membership to study for Network Plus and Security Plus to advance his career, but not spending any more money. Since all three are included in his IT Pro TV membership, plus 300 more courses. Don't be like Josh. Choose IT Pro TV for your IT training. So you've tried online IT training, but it's boring, out of date, and pricey. Well, IT Pro TV is always engaging, always fresh, and plans start at just $29 a month. It's online IT training that doesn't suck. Start today at ITPro.TV. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Don Bazette. And as promised, we're going to wrap up the show with a couple of situations where people have been pwned in our segment. Who got pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! I have no socks for this one. <laughs> uh, but my, oh. my underwear is... No, <laughs> okay. uh, that would be a good, good pair of socks, the, the who got pwned guy. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's take a look at the first one here, which comes to us from TheVerge.com. Plex breach exposes usernames, emails, and encrypted passwords of Don's. Uh, so change your <laughs> password now. I know, I mean, Don is like the uh, the spokesperson, I think, for Plex, at least. Uh, yeah, I think you sent me an me. email, didn't you? You sent me a text or something. Oh, letting him know. To let me know. Hey, change your passwords. Oh, yeah. You're setting it, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this wasn't the biggest breach in the planet, and it didn't contain financial information, so not all that significant. But we do talk about Plex on the show from time to time, so I thought we should highlight it here. Uh, Plex did have a breach. Unauthorized uh, outside threat actors gained access to one of their databases. So uh, basically, I, we have to treat it at this point as everybody who is a Plex user their username has been accessed. Their hashed and secured password has been accessed. So that you know they don't have your password, but they do have the hash. And uh, so basically, well, it's a full. What can you do with them? them? Like, because I, I was curious about that. I said, oh no, but it was hashed properly and stuff. What does that mean? That we know the length, or we know? Well, so it, it depends because they they always do this annoying thing where they say it's hashed and secured according to best practices. Well, you know what? Tell me which best practices yeah. you were following. Because yeah. you know, was it? Did you use Hyundai's? Hyundai's. They're all MD5 hashes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because it, Daniel, if I gave you a, a file full of MD5 hash passwords, you could do something with that. Oh yeah, you? I'm gonna come away with a bunch of passwords. That's for sure. And especially depending on like people make bad passwords. You know, they use easily cracked or already cracked passwords. Mm -hmm. So you get a good word file no, I don't. or some <laughs> some rainbow tables or something like that. <clears throat> and it's you, know, you just let the machine go to work, and you come back the next day, and you go, let's see what we got here. Yeah. And you got a handful of passwords. And what's cool about, like, you say, what can I do with that? Yeah. So let's say I, 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 let's say I just got the passwords. I don't even know usernames and stuff like that, so I'm not going to try to log in with it. But I do now can kind of run analytics against passwords and see what people are using, what kind of uh, trends and passwords are pervasive in a large password data dump. So, oh, I, I've noticed that people are now using, you know, uh, service and, uh, you know, then the, um, you know, time of the year it is. So this, so it's Google summer hmm. 2022 because they know doing summer 2022 is bad practice. You're not supposed to do that. Well, now I know that I'm logging into Google. So I'll just add Google to that. And I see that as a trend. A lot of people are doing smart. that. Smart. I should do that. Right. Write that down. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw, like I know something about a password or two. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what that's what they do. And now they can like understand. I need to modify my password cracking mm-hmm. rigs so that they will include heuristics that do that. So if I'm starting to do pure brute force or some sort of hybrid password crack, I'll start going. Oh, okay, let me add service names as a part of those those hybrid calls. So I'm gonna not just do password one two three four five. But I'm going to do Google password one two three four five and Yahoo yeah. password one two three four five. Or Plex in this case, exactly. Yeah. So, do we know how this occurred? I mean, I, I know that they say we we saw some suspicious activity, but do they know? You know, was this a phishing attack originally? Anything like that? Yeah. They haven't released any details yet. I don't know if we will. Like, they're a pretty small company, so they probably won't release any details. They're not publicly yeah. held or anything, so we'll, we'll probably never hear that. Uh, but likely, it's a developer account being compromised. That that's pretty common these days. But uh, now, Daniel, I, so I asked you, you know, if I gave you, if this was hashed with MD5, yeah. there, there's rainbow tables. Oh yeah. Things. You can you can pop that pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, hammer down. But. What if it's what if it's like super secure, right? So it's SHA two fifty six. Let's just say they've 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 laid it on. It's it's yeah. you know fully secured. If I give you that, there's probably not much you can do with that today, right? Right. I, I would have to feed that into the machine and let the machine work on it for a while, and then hopefully your password wasn't great, and therefore it's going to run either to into, into collisions, or that I I hit the right hash. Yeah, and but I would need a I would need a dedicated rig for that, something with some horsepower, a couple of GPUs running through them and whatnot, so to speed up that process. That would be the that would be the methodology. But the the risk is if, if an attacker just holds onto that database and waits two or three years, mm. right? And maybe some new pop comes out where you're able to, to pop open shock two fifty six to get out that data, uh, and now they have your password from three years ago. Now you might not care about that. But people do password reuse, right? And so now you end up on the have I so, been phone. So phone. now it goes from Plex password <laughs> one two three or or twenty twenty two to Plex password twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they did they did good notification. They emailed people. I think it was less than twenty four hours after the breach was detected, which is pretty uncommon. Mm. Uh, and they did suggest for everybody to reset their password, which I did. Uh, you know. Which meant I had to re-log in on my Roku well. and yeah. things. Yeah, freaking nightmare. But uh, <laughs> so uh, I did a scan the first time I read this. I'll be honest. And and looking back, I, I missed this line. Uh, it said there's no mention of access to private media libraries, which may or may not include pirated content, private <laughs> nudes, and other sensitive content. And I uh, you're safe, Peter. I'm now thinking I. Did not realize how people were using Plex. Uh, and I, I really need to spend more time in the app. Um, I don't think it works like that, Peter. Okay. So you, so we don't think that this was the... Uh, you could upload your own. The, the, like, I don't think this was Sony coming in to try to get their movies back from Don? No. Okay. So, you know, it's funny. This breach happened, and I had a couple of people reach out to me. Uh, not not concerned about the breach, but it was like it triggered a, a memory in them to say, oh, hey, Don, can I get access to your server? <laughs> yeah. nice. uh, yes, you can. Just go on the dark web. Yeah. Now and yeah. and if an attacker got access to mine, they would be greeted by uh, basically 50% children's films <laughs> and 50% yeah. uh, 80s and 90s action All films. the Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> so uh, you're a pretty popular guy then. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Uh. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at someone else that got pwned as well, and a little higher profile in this one, as we mentioned. Uh, this one's from ArsTechnica.com. The number of companies caught up in recent hacks keeps growing, and uh, this one rates back to something that I think we covered on the show um, that was the the 
Twilio um, hack yes. a couple weeks ago. That so is this a situation where by hacking Twilio that they were able to use what they gained there to hack others, or is this they're just using the same method that they? Oh, used? it's it's really starting to look like that is the case. That you know we had the Okta breach yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago. Okta, like the most secure company on the planet, that's not a military organization. Uh, for them to have a breach, that is a big big deal, and a big part of how the attackers were able to get in that to there was via the Twilio breach. Mm -hmm. Twilio, uh, they, they have a few different products in their portfolio. A lot of it is voice over IP, though. And so the attackers, once they gained access, were able to basically interfere with multi-factor authentication. If you're, You'll hear people say, like, don't use your cell phone, like text messages. Don't use text messages for MFA. Okay. You want to use an authenticator use app, app yeah. right? Not a text message. And the, the old attack vector was a SIM swap attack. Where if an attacker could get your phone service moved over to their SIM, they would get your text messages, and so now they'd have your MFA. But that's really hard to pull off and mm -hmm. really unlikely. So I never view that it's as like a real Mission Impossible kind of spy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but when they when an attacker breaks into Twilio and is able to basically gain access to the VoIP channels that are powering some of these phones. All that goes out the window. Like mm. SIM cards aren't even involved at that point, uh, and that's part of how they were able to leverage that to be able to target Okta, uh, Signal. Also, you know, the end-to-end -end encrypted messenger service was hit, uh, and now the big one, LastPass. LastPass, that's a, a huge deal, right? Yeah. LastPass is a security company. Uh, we we all, all three of us, use LastPass pretty heavily. Yep. Uh, I use it for work. I also have my, my personal LastPass, yeah. so I'm a heavy user in it. Uh, they they don't have any information on uh, vaults being accessed. So no password vaults were accessed, okay. but... Uh, user data was accessed inside of LastPass, uh, including hash passwords. So they have asked for people to basically reset their master password in, in some cases. That, now, I got a message from LastPass telling me about the breach, but it didn't say that my account was accessed, so it didn't ask me to reset my master password. Hmm. So I don't think everybody's uh, hash password was accessed. I think yeah. they're doing uh, individual notifications, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see another update here in the next week, telling everybody like, "Hey, yeah, time to rotate yeah. your master password." They always love maybe to do jump that. out because because they can kind of get out in front of them. Oh yeah, you know we we did have a breach, doing the responsible thing, but only a few, and we'll reach out to you if you, if you're a part of that, and then like. Three weeks later, like, oh, yeah, by the way, everybody was talking. <laughs> yeah. It was now, a complete compromise. It's always bigger than you think. Yeah. Yeah. The neat thing about LastPass's architecture is that you encrypt your password vault on your local right. machine, and you upload that. So they don't actually have the key to unlock your vault. Oh. Okay. So if an attacker, yeah, if you lose that key, <clears throat> yeah, you're hosed. you're flipping hosed. Yeah. Yeah. So if an attacker got access to everything in LastPass's network, they still wouldn't be able to open up your vault. It would still be encrypted and secured. So it, it's a great design. I I'm still very comfortable using LastPass, even though they had this breach. Yeah. yeah. Um, since I've used them, I've used them for a long, long time. Uh, this is the second notification that I've gotten from them. The first one was really interesting. It just said, hey, last night we picked up a spike in bandwidth on our network, and we can't attribute that to anything that, that mm -hmm. we did. And so we think something may have happened. And just to be on the safe side, we're notifying you, Smart. and you might want to rotate passwords. So they get ahead of things. They do, yeah. So they're, they're a very trustworthy company, and, uh, and so that, that's good. But now the rumors are starting to pour out that they, they had a, a developer account get compromised, and the, the attacker was able to gain access to LastPass source code. Okay. And so, you know, some private intellectual property was able to be extracted, and so that's bad for LastPass. doesn't really affect us users. Uh, but 
that the attacker was able to get around MFA potentially as a result of the Twilio breach. So this is another kind of of uh, finger, tentacle, whatever, kind of yeah. reaching out of that Twilio breach and yeah. showing it. It's almost like dominoes as each of these providers start to get affected. So it's like, what was it a couple of years ago? Was it Cloudflare? Or who had a, a breach like that that once they... SolarWinds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah where it's wins. like yeah. by them being breached, it affected... All just those government yeah, organizations, yeah. tons Seeing of people. another one of those. Yeah. Yeah, they well, hate well, it when that happens, don't they? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not a fan either. So expect to hear more. Uh, you know, uh, this Twilio breach as it continues to to kind of make waves and ripples. We're going to hear about more companies. Uh, the Twilio breach affected 163 users. Was the last number that I saw. So that means potentially 163 organizations that we normally think of as secure may be announcing breaches in the next couple of weeks. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, great for this show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's called job security uh, in this industry, so that is nice. Should we just create a new segment, Twilio Breach Part <laughs> 6? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, and a solar flare update from yeah. a couple years ago. I uh, want to let you know about some webinars coming up. We've got one that's happening today, um, Thursday, September 1st. Have, uh, what have you been missing in Azure? Hidden gems you should be mining, and that's Adam Gordon and Wes Bryant. Uh, going to be talking about those things. And don't worry if you are listening to this after the fact. Uh, that's all going to be archived over at itpro.tv slash webinars. Same place you go to register for that. Um, so you can check that one out after the fact uh, or catch it live. Uh, it's 2 p.m. Eastern time um, if you happen to be listening that early. Um, also, we've got another one coming up Thursday, September 15th. That is with Daniel here and John Strand from Black Hills Information Security uh, talking all things cybersecurity. That's where we take your questions and the whole webinar is, is kind of dictated by you, the viewer, uh, as you let us know what you want uh, John and Daniel to talk about. So uh, definitely join us for those and uh, head over to technado.com or technado uh, for those of you in the Dominican Republic. Um, <laughs> hola. And uh, you can see all the latest episodes. You can send in some uh, I don't think they speak mail. Spanish in the Dominican Republic. Don't they speak French? No. Uh, in, on the Dominican, Haiti side. Right. Haiti speaks. Haiti speaks, yeah. Well, Don checks that out. I'll let you know uh, about the big orange button in the corner that says sponsored by IT Pro TV. Click on that and you can get a 30% off coupon code for your personal membership. You can also request a team trial and uh, see the great features like the Pro Portal available to teams from IT Pro TV. And Don, what's the verdict? Uh, It is Spanish. You get bonus points. Do you know how I knew that? Because in Scrubs, (laughs) Carla. I don't want any of those. Carla was was Dominican. And she spoke Spanish. Hmm. I believe I mostly know, know that from baseball because there's so many Dominican players and they're all not <laughs> they're all speaking French. Speaking, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that I've seen. But yeah, Haiti's uh, French speaking. It's the same island, right? What's it called? Es- Española. Es- mm-hmm. The 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 collective island of Haiti and I don't know. I do not know. Okay, hold on. I didn't know island I had a name. Of Haiti. Uh, <laughs> Today I learned. Yeah, is called. Hispaniola. The, the anticipation. Hispaniola. Really? That's interesting. about that. All right. We'll have to learn about the history of that yeah. after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll learn about that. We're going to learn about the Chattanooga Choo No time like now, Don. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. T- tune in for the after show where <laughs> yeah. we dig into Chattanooga Choo Choo and Hispaniola, uh, the great parts of this show. Again, I think that's what Sophie could help this show yeah. with. Is having <laughs> random facts spewed from the corner. Should like, be our Robin can you research Gibbons. that while yeah. we? Yeah, that would be perfect. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, good to have you back in studio, Don. And uh, and again, um, change those passwords out there. <laughs> and we'll see you next week right here on Technado with Don Pizzette.